Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Daddy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show today. We are very excited because we've got a wonderful guest lined up for you today. She is the editor of McCall's Quilting Magazine, and she is Gigi Lefson, and she is here to talk about her whole experience of becoming a quilter. And um, Lori's going to share some really fun stories about knowing her for so long. Um, So after our open studios, we actually have some mail today. So we'll be reading that. But in the meantime, how are you, ladies? I'm good. How about you, Ginger? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, we got a spring break vibe going on in the house here, so it's mm, going good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Parker has been Pinterest board. I did not realize the child, this is my daughter, she's got, oh my God, like 40 Pinterest boards, and she has one specifically for stuff in her room, and she saw this one with all these pillows, and she wanted to go out and buy pillows, and I was like, no, 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 we're not buying them. We're going to make them, so uh, we've been making a lot of pillows lately. Nice. And, uh, it's been really – I think the best part about it is watching her pick out fabric. I'm so mm. jealous because she doesn't overthink it. Like she was mm-hmm. like in the store. I was trying to find like one fabric for a specific pattern and I could not decide. There was like 30 things to pick from. And I'm like, oh, I like this, but I don't know about that or that. I was like, why don't you go over and pick out some fabric for the pillows and then come back? She came back like 10 minutes later and she had like the most perfect stuff that like, and I don't know if it's just the mind of a kid. Like they're mm-hmm. just not all, they don't have all the stuff all filtered in or what, but I wish I could go back to that. Like if I ever even had that, but like it was just so like, she didn't even have to think about it. And she just put together some really nice stuff. And I just know uh, one day I want to be as good at picking out fabric as uh, my 12 year old. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? How about you, Tracy? What have you been up to? Well, I just want to respond to that actually, because you know, for a while I really, I worked with kids all the time. So for like six years, I did projects for for kids in Generation Q. And then I started teaching kids classes, sewing classes at my local quilt shop. And I tell you that it was one of my favorite parts of working with kids is showing them something and just letting them go because they just don't have... All, they don't have all the rules we've got. They don't have fear. Yeah. They pick what they like and it always works. Um, and I would love it when, you know, especially working at the store, uh, a lot of the grandmothers would drop the kids off for classes and they would say to me, oh gosh, I never, I didn't think they could do applique. I didn't think they could do free motion. I didn't think they could do couching. And I was like, they don't know they can't do it. Yeah. That's right. They don't know any other. Yeah. And no, it's so true. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's it, it, it's freeing in a way to sort of watch them do that. And and for you to remember, like re-remember or train yourself to mm-hmm. to do that again. Because yeah. I, I get hung up too. So I completely get completely yeah. get where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you were not with us last time around. I was so not. you're doing okay now though. Uh, I am doing okay. Thank you both so much for taking over. I'm sad that I missed Emily um, because I, I love Emily. I, I've had the chance to work with her a few times on quilts in our publications and she's always been just such a pleasure to work with. Um, so I will, I, I kind of, struggled with whether or not I wanted to share what happened. Um, but I also got so many messages on, on Instagram of people saying, I hope you're okay and all that. And, um, so I'll briefly say what happened. So I usually, we usually work in the office on Tuesday and, uh, it was uh, Tuesday a few weeks ago and everything was fine at work. And I'd say around like two, 2.30, all of a sudden I got this feeling like I wanted to go home. And, and that's all I could say is like, I just had this, like, it was almost impending doom. Like mm-hmm. I just need to go home. And I kept talking myself out of it because I just thought oh, I'm overreacting. I don't know. You know, I feel fine. I felt a little bit lightheaded and, uh, you know, I work, I live right next door to our, our office. And so I, 
stayed until about 4.30 and I walked home. And I was feeling fine by then. And I live on the second floor in a walk-up. So I walked upstairs and um, I was out of breath. And I thought, this is not normal. And I just need to sit down. So I sat down and then I started getting chest pain. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, what could this be? Like, I, So I took some Maalox because I thought, all right, maybe it's stomach stuff. Um, well, within about 45 minutes, I uh, was having jaw pain, chest pain, pain radiating down my left arm. And Sydney was home with me, so she called my neighbor, who's a doctor, and he came over. And within about two minutes, he's like, Tracy, I have to call an ambulance. And so I ended up going to the ER, and uh, we thought I was having a heart attack. And it turned out that I wasn't. Um, but I did, they gave me nitroglycerin, the aspirin, the whole thing, and dropped right in the ambulance with the really cute paramedics. And, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was the right side? <laughs> and they were very friendly and nice. And by the time I, they gave me the nitroglycerin, I was feeling better. So I thought, oh God, this is not great. Yeah. And then they did, ran all the tests at the hospital and it wasn't a heart attack. So I had to come home, follow up with my doctors. I rested for I, I took the next two days off, I think, and then worked a little bit on Friday. And um, so I ended up going to see my doctor, getting some more tests done. And it turns out that this is long haul COVID, unfortunately. So I thought I was fine. Like I thought I was doing really well, still tired a little bit. Um, but that was really the only symptom that I was still having. And um, so I just so here's the interesting thing is that I got home from my doctor. We talked about it and he said, you know, the COVID is causing some symptoms, some heart pain and some palpitations and um, some oxygen level issues. So I thought I would share this story just in case there's someone out there who might be experiencing the same thing. And if you've had COVID, it could be a leftover symptom, unfortunately. So, so there you go. That's it. That's my story. Well, well, we're so glad you're okay. Like it was definitely like, that's just scary. It's so scary. And, you know, I'm so sad that you had to go through that. Well, and I just want to say that if, if, uh, especially if you're a woman or if you're a man listening and you're experiencing any sort of chest pain, go, just go to the ER. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Don't um, mess with it, it. It might seem like it's embarrassing. And I definitely think I paused for a while saying, oh, no, no, it can't possibly be that. And it wasn't, but it could have been. Yeah. And it's just really important to have these things checked out um, and just to make sure that you're okay because the damage can happen to your heart and then you live with that. So it's better to just go and feel silly. Um, but especially if you're feeling any of the symptoms, look up what the symptoms are. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes of what heart attack symptoms are for men and for women and so that you'll know and can go to the hospital if you feel any of those things. And for those of you thinking you've come to the medical podcast <laughs> instead of the quilting podcast, we're back to quilting. Yeah, now we are. Now we are. Um, I have done some some sewing. I have. Good. But so, yay. Good. So you're getting back in there. I still can't share what it is, but. Oh. <laughs> Such a tease. I know. I know. But sorry. Soon. Good. Soon, I'm actually getting up to the, the magazine issue that it'll be in. So nice, <laughs> nice. That's all. All right, and Lori, uh, how many quilts have you done? <laughs> I'm actually i've I've only nearly completed one quilt top since we talked the last <sighs> time. Only so such a slacker. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Mm. Um, I'm well, using a pattern. In, in your defense, it's only been a week. <laughs> That's true. I'm using a pattern, I and I seldom that. use a pattern. Um, uh, but oh, wow. it's for the Nebraska Kansas Shop Hop, um, and it's got some great fabric from Maywood Studio that has the names of different towns in the two states. Hmm. And oh, then that's fun. It is. It's so fun. I've had more fun looking at that fabric and finding towns that I know. Oh, that's <laughs> oh my gosh, awesome. That's great. And then I'm appliquing on top of it because it's going to turn into the raffle quilt for my guild. And I just Ooh. think um, raffle quilts 
we want them to generate a lot of interest. So they sell a lot of tickets. And I just think that it's the applique makes it kind of over the top. So I'm nearly done with the applique. Oh, we got to see a little sneak peek mm-hmm, of it. So we we'll definitely, we'll make sure we put some pictures of it in our show notes. Well, for and sure. if people want to buy raffle tickets, can they, is there a way to buy them online or is it only in source? You know what? I'll have to ask. I okay. don't yes. know if they're available yet, but that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good idea. You too. You too can have a Lori quilt. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> See, I think that would generate a lot of interest. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, are you guys ready to go talk to Gigi? But wait. What? Oh, no. What? What did Ginger I forget? didn't tell us what she's been <gasps> doing. Yeah, I did. You've been making well, pillows. Only, I've been making the, pillows. Oh, yes. Yes. yes Sorry. That's it. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I know. It wasn't all that exciting. They weren't even patchwork pillows, so they were simple. But yes. Well, but I'm, see, I'm proud of you for showing her how to make pillows because now she can actually change out the covers if she gets bored. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and I made her. It was so funny before we even got in because I had to sewn them. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll sew it real quick, but you got to stuff it. So she was stuffing like stuffing because we had gotten some pillow covers. And then I was like, oh, that one, we can just get some fluff because we have fluff. So we were mm-hmm. uh, putting in the um, the cotton fluff. So uh, yeah, so she's got it all set up. And then oh, I need to ask you guys actually, and we don't have to do it now, but she wants like a Tootsie Roll type pillow with one of the fabrics Mm -hmm. so i will check in with you guys to make sure that i'm gonna do it the right way but because i kind of wanted to have like the round circles on the edges okay Um, so anyway i'll tell you what i'm gonna do after we're done and then you can tell me if i'm all right or all wrong (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you're all right and it's fine all right well i shouldn't overthink it no no don't (laughs) it'll be fine yeah it'll just be fine all right well let's go talk to Gigi. Yes. So today in Open Studios, we have a special guest. Uh, she is actually one of our co-workers at Golden Peak Media. Uh, her name is Gigi Levson, and she is the editor of McCall's Quilting Magazine. And she has known Lori for a while. So we are excited to have you on the show today, Gigi. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you too. So the first question that I usually ask people in open studios is about how you got started sewing and quilting. Do you have a, a, a an origin story? For well, us? yeah, sure. It's, it's, you know, kind of a long meandering path, but, um, as a child, I definitely sewed with my mom and my sister, and we would make clothes and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, my mom did make a couple of quilts here and there for gifts, usually. She had one quilt book. It was a Bargello quilt book, and every time she was going to make a quilt, she would make one from that book. And I had never done any quilting, but then when I went off to college and was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I went into fashion design. So I have, uh, when I went to art school, I uh, learned all about sewing garments and designing clothes. And for a while, I was really into that. And that's, you know, what I wanted to do. And then after graduation, I worked in the fashion industry in Los Angeles for several years. Different, you know, Mostly design assistant capacities where you just drive around weird parts of Los Angeles looking for trims (laughs) and things like that. This experience of working was very different from the school experience. And uh, after a while, I uh, wanted to try doing something else. And me and my husband wanted to move. And so we did sort of that young person thing of having lots of different jobs, trying out, see what works. If it doesn't work, go do something else. And we moved around a lot. And at some point, I was working as a picture framer, framing pictures. And I really wanted, I liked that working with your hands. And that was really fun for me. And But I wanted something soft and fabric. And I was like, what should I do? I should come up with some project. And I didn't want to do clothes. It just didn't sound exciting. And I thought, well, maybe I'll make a quilt. And so I got a book out from the library and I made a quilt from this book. 
And after that, I was hooked. I got some graph paper. I decided I started designing my own quilt blocks. I just got really into it. I just, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so after that first quilt, I made another quilt and then I made some pillows and then I made some more quilts and it just never stopped. And here we are today. Okay. One thing I'm definitely recognizing is that you like to dive into the deep end and not even like look back because the fact <laughs> that you just went straight to LA to do fashion. You were like, I'm going to, going to the Mecca, going to the center of it. And it's like, you know, I think that's awesome. And it sounds like you, you tackled quilting the same way. Like you were yeah. just like one book and you're hooked and now you're <laughs> like, I'm going to design, I'm going to make my own. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the- yeah, who cares if there's tons of other books out there? I'm doing my own quilt now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, I was just so enamored by all the techniques and possibilities and the way that quilting sewing is different or like patchwork piecing is way different from garment sewing. And I was like, Oh, all these tricks half square triangles, stitch and flip corners. Wow, this is so neat. And (laughs) so I would just um, think about straight lines and 45 degree angles. And I was like, there's so many design possibilities here. And I um, just dived right in, like you said, in the deep end and never came out. (laughs) That's awesome. So now how did you end up um, in one, Colorado, but two, you know, working with the magazines? Okay, so... um, Part of the moving around was uh, we were, my husband and I had been living in um, Alabama, and that was right when Hurricane Katrina came along. And um, we had been sort of helping out with my grandpa who wasn't well. And then um, his primary caretaker, my aunt, came back from this big trip that she has been on. Um, and she was ready to take over that caretaking again. So we said, well, we, you know, our house flooded in this hurricane. We don't really have any reason to be here anymore, so let's go somewhere else. And um, my husband had a friend in Colorado who said, you know, you sound like you're in a tough situation there. Um, I can get you a job where I work, so come out here. And um, we did. We got an apartment, like, over the Internet, and we packed all of our remaining stuff in a truck and drove up here and we we love it. We never left and Colorado's awesome. And then so I'd been working retail in Colorado as well um and doing my quilting on the side and then I think I saw a job posting for Sew News on Craigslist and I applied for that and um I had no idea at that point that all these quilting magazines were based in Colorado. Once I found out about that, I was like, wow, I really want to be a part of that. I didn't get the job with Sew News, but she did recommend me for one of the quilting title positions that was open. And that was a very extensive interview process. I was so excited and I got the job. They took a chance on me. Because I didn't have, you know, editorial experience and my quilting experience was mostly self-taught and, but I, I was passionate about it. I brought in a bunch of samples of my work and I'm just so glad that they did take a chance on me because it literally changed my life and it's been amazing. So, um, that I worked with Lori at Quilters Newsletter for several years and then, um, you know how things got 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 a little mixed up around here, so then I worked with McCall's and a couple. I did some work for the, some of the other titles, and um, then I just recently came back to be the editor of McCall's in September, and I'm so happy to be here. And Gigi, one of the things that I specifically remember is your samples that you brought when you were interviewing. Oh, okay, and they were just so fun and. Um, innovative, not just run-of-the-mill kinds of things, but but really fun ideas. Thank you so much. And I think that um, might speak to, I was just doing this on my own. I wasn't really sort of looking at quilting um, traditions or what people were doing currently. I was just like, really flying by the seat of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of curious, did they tell you to bring samples or did you just bring them? Um, you know, I don't remember. Okay. 
That was a good thing, though. I mean, if that definitely that stayed in her mind, I feel like that's that's good to know. So if anybody's out there looking, you know, bring those samples, show off your stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I think that did make a difference ultimately in the whole job selection process. And there's there's another thing that you've left out, Gigi, and what's that? That's one of those things where I'm just a little bit jealous. I was the editor of Quilter's newsletter. And I had quilts that were in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Gigi had a cover quilt. <gasps> oh, That's all right. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I remember how that came about. Bill, who was the editor in chief of Quilter's newsletter at that time, he said, he came to me and he said, We think you should make a quilt. And I said, Well, okay, I will. And I, uh, had some pre-cuts. It was so exciting to work at Quilter's Newsletter because there was just fabric everywhere. And it was in at this point in my life where I had some fabric and a little bit of a stash, but not this like, you could just grab whatever you wanted. And so I got some pre-cuts and um, I just put them together in a way I thought was really interesting. And I the colors were just glowing and it worked. And I was like, oh, yeah, I made this quilt top. I'll bring it in to show everyone. And um, it, it was a hit. And I did. I never, ever imagined it would be on the cover of Quilter's newsletter. But I'm so grateful. And I just, it was such an awesome experience from beginning to end. And we'll have to be sure that we have a picture of that in show notes so people can see your quilt. Because it was amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Uh, and it's probably better that you didn't know it was going to be a cover because that might have thrown you off. It might have, you know, made you a little nervous. It sounds like, you know, I think again, so. you just dived in and did it and look yeah. how it turned out. That's awesome. Yeah. And I remember writing the article, like the at Quilter's Newsletter had a little article to go along with the cover quilt. And I would, my first couple drafts were like a little bit defensive, even like, no, this, <laughs> this quilt does deserve to be here. <laughs> but then I sort of had to change my tack and not be so, uh, not take it so personally, right. just write about the quilts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, though, because building up that confidence, I think that's all part of the quilting process. It yeah. really is. And there's always mm-hmm. that voice in the back of your head. But man, when you have that positive feedback and, you know, it's like sometimes you just have to listen to that instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And not think about all the different ways you could have done it mm-hmm. because, you know, that's a thousand different quilts right there. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So is. then I have one more one more story that, that I want tell about Gigi. Gigi, when did you start working for Quilter's Newsletter? Do you remember? I do remember. It was October of 2012. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So Gigi had only been there for maybe three or four months, and I got an assignment to make a traditional quilt, and the fabric was assigned And I came home one weekend, and I made this quilt, and it was so ugly. (laughs) It It was was just low volume. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It was was when the whole low volume thing was going on, and I thought, you know, I'm going to give that a shot. It did not work. It was awful. It was Don't hold back, Lori. Tell us how you feel. <laughs> so I, I took that thing into work the following Monday, and the two gals on the art team looked at it with me, and they said, okay, here's what we need you to do to make it better. And we added two fabrics, I think, is all. And I remade the whole thing. Oh, wow. Um. The first one had some gingham that I was trying to match, and I'm talking about half-square triangles that finished at an inch, I think, <laughs> and I'm matching gingham. It was it was painful. <laughs> the second try at the quilt was good. It's published in the June-July 2013 Quilters Newsletter. But I'm always kind of, I don't like to leave things undone. So I asked Gigi, I, I, like I said, she's only been there for four or five months by now. 
but I had seen what a wonderful artist she is. And I asked her if she could make me um, a pattern for a great big flower, like George O'Keefe style, to do a fusible applique. Uh She did. It was incredible. I still have it. And I think those of you that listen to our podcast fairly often know that I give away tons of my quilts. Those two quilts, the the one that made it for the traditional to modern contest quilt and the one that Gigi helped me with are still in my possession and are hanging on my wall. And chances are real good that's exactly where they're going to stay because they're wonderful. She colored this pattern. She numbered things. Oh, amazing. And again, we'll have pictures for y'all to look at in yeah. show notes because it's it's an amazing quilt. It, I have to see it now. I don't want to wait for the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you after we're done talking. I okay. Can, fine. I, can I can be show that you. patient. <laughs> I can show you. Oh, well, Gigi, how does that feel? Like, I mean, I have to imagine like Lori was an idol of yours because she's an idol of everybody. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Getting to work with Lori was, it was such a gift because she's this wealth of knowledge and she's so kind about it. Like, she's just always happy to share and help and whatever you need, she's there. And I needed to do the same for her. And I'm so glad to hear that you still have that and you love it because that was really fun for me. And um, I bet I you just spent remember... all weekend on it, though, didn't you? I mean, I... It, it looks like it took forever to draw it... that whole big pattern. I don't actually remember how long it took. <laughs> all the main thing I remember about that is uh, just I looked at the rows printed on the fabric and I was like, okay, well, I'll just sort of blow that up and make a big applique version of it. And I, I thought it came out pretty cool and I'm glad you did too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's wonderful. That's awesome. A gift. Aww. That's so sweet. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, Lori, it was Lori's idea to have Gigi come on the show and, and I knew that you had stories, but those are really, really touching. You know, I I feel like we, we work here and it's, and it's so rare that, that, you know, we work really hard on all kinds of different patterns and Mm -hmm. creating content for our readers and, and we don't really get much feedback. That's true. You know, and not only that, it sounds like you guys are working on your own time for this stuff that's actually going to end up in the magazines. And I always find that mind blowing. You know, it's I don't know the definitely you guys are passion seekers. And I think that's what I see in Lori and Gigi is you guys both just felt that passion for this, you know, quilting. And it just, you know, I love how it just I've run into that so many times, starting with Lori for me, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's um, that getting hired at Quilter's Newsletter, um, like I said, it changed my life. And it was a little different working, even though it was the same company, it was a little different setup because there were more editors. There was just more collaboration between um, everyone who was working there, whereas now it's a little bit more... um, one person has a whole lot of stuff to do and they don't really have room for anything else. So it w- there was a little bit of a different office culture, um, but I'm so grateful to have had that experience. That was one of the best times of my life working at Coulter's Newsletter, RIP. I know. I know. There was actually when we were plan- when we came up with the concept for, for this podcast, Quilter's newsletter was what we wanted. Like we wanted it to be that brand mm-hmm. and, um, and the, the powers that be at the time just didn't understand how important Quilter's newsletter was. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's the one publication that Quilter's that I talked to continue to bring up and, yes, and it was, it was just a different time and, and, and Ginger, if I could sort of encapsulate it, 
back in the 90s, uh, that was the way we got our news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You waited for Quilter's newsletter to come. And not only was there a list of like all of the shows and events that were happening in the country and in the world, um, but that was where you found out who won Houston. You know, that's where right. you mm-hmm. found out mm-hmm. who won at Paducah. And, and you learned about how really innovative quilters were doing what they did. And so it was just an incredible, I felt like back then I got all of my information about quilting from quilters newsletter and the keepsake quilting catalog. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Well, I think all three of you guys are doing a wonderful job of being very PC about all the trauma that we went through. <laughs> I can remember when quilters newsletter it was announced that it was going away. And at that time I was fairly new. So I had no idea about the history of it, but within minutes of that announcement, I mean, just, you could feel the emotions in the air. And, and I just remember how devastated so many people were. And there had been some other things that had happened. And so there was already stuff happening, but nothing at the level that I felt when that happened. (laughs) I'm not a crier, but, but I went home when I found out, and and I mm. spent a good part of the evening in tears, yeah. because that's just uh, for me that was that was where I started learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was truly an end of an era when Quilter's newsletter yeah was, was finished, which and you know yeah it's so sad, but. All we can do is move on and do do the best we can with our new projects. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And with with social media doing what it does, you know that news that you, we used to wait for in Quilter's newsletter, it's there mm-hmm. instantly. Instantly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I get it. But like I said, I cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you weren't the only one. No. Like, like you said, to this mm-hmm. day, you still hear people talking about mm-hmm. it. And I didn't even work here at that point, but I remember how devastating, devastating that news was and how I felt because that was the first magazine I ever had a subscription to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know, and I had a subscription for that for, I gosh, I started quilting in 93 and I'm pretty sure I had a subscription up until it closed mm-hmm. I, and I kept all of the issues until I moved here and I got rid of all of them. Oh. But, yeah, and I still, you know, it's funny because we still bring it up. Yeah. We still bring it up. I brought it up to the new CEO. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was like, is that a brand that has really good recognition? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference between Quilter's Newsletter, the magazine, and social media, although the information is, you know, it's available on social media, Quilter's Newsletter compiled it all for you and gave it to you. Mm -hmm. Like all these beautiful quilts techniques, what people are doing, um, new things to try. Whereas now, if you want to look at that on social media, you have to know who to follow and know mm-hmm. what to look True. for. True. Whereas, um, you know, you didn't have to do any work. You just had to have the subscription or buy it. And all of this amazing content was just delivered to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I joined the team four years ago and I moved to Colorado August I think my first day here in the office was August 6th or 7th. And I felt like I only, I barely got to meet you Mm -hmm. and you were gone. Yeah. And it was because your son was born. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I was very pregnant at the beginning of August (laughs) 2018. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you, so you just came back last Mm -hmm. September and took the helm of McCall's. So tell us a little bit about um, how that's been and maybe a little bit about like what your vision for McCall's Quilting Magazine is. Okay. Um, It's been busy, but also very exciting. And it's really nice to get back into the groove of, you know, just thinking about quilts and quilt math, fabrics (laughs) and all kinds of fun stuff. (laughs) Just thinking about that all day and doing it all day. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit of a different experience from when I was here last because I am fully responsible for what's in my calls. And that's a little daunting. But 
I'm sure as you know, Tracy, it's, you just go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we've been, uh, I've probably picked about four lineups now for McCall's and we're just getting, um, deeper into my tenure, I guess. And what I've been focusing on is, of course, making beautiful patterns that people want to sew in interesting fabrics. And um, I kind of want these patterns to be used as creative springboards rather than just, here's this quilt, make it the way it is. So I've been trying to do a lot of color options where I sew the blocks or a couple of blocks in completely different fabrics, or I'll take a element of a block and pair it with another element of a different block to make something new. And I want to encourage other people to do that as well. Like this is not a pattern that's finished and complete and there's nothing else to do with it. Each pattern has so much contained with it, within it that you can really make probably a dozen projects if you just choose different elements, different fabrics, different sizes. And um, that's kind of what I want to get across to McCall's readers and whoever else, um, you know, is interested in sort of expanding their quilt making and infusing a little bit of their own creativity into other people's patterns. And I'm also very excited about our quilt coat project. We're going to have a quilt coat pattern in uh, what September, October of 2022. Oh no! Now I'm going to have to actually put it together. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about the thing about this um, pattern that I'm particularly excited about is there is no garment sewing techniques in it at all. If you can what? make a quilt, you, you can, can make, make this coat. Ooh. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. That sounds yeah. very exciting. I think it is. It's another, like I was talking about patterns with creative possibilities. This is definitely one of those. And I hope that um, people are excited about it as I am, because I'm super excited. Boy, I'm we'll ready for that one. Oh, that yeah. sounds nice. great. Yeah. We've been we've been talking a lot about quilted coats here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much so. Oh, and you know it's different. Cutting up an old quilt to make a coat is very different from making something from scratch that you know is going to be a quilt, mm -hmm. and, and that's it's a different, know, perfectly it's, legitimate. It, oh yeah, yeah, and I think it sort of helps to take the fear out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, you know. So, did any of your garment? back history help with the planning this out? Like, was that helpful or did it even matter? Well, I think it was in that, um, I, because I, I do know the difference between garment sewing techniques and quilting techniques and they're, they're pretty far apart. And so I didn't want, um, I didn't want to bring in any garment sewing and be like, Oh, you know, just they'll set in a sleeve. It's fine. We're not doing set-in sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I really wanted to just think as a quilter for this mm -hmm. and um, just make sure that the when you put the coat together and you put it on, the proportions are pleasing. Like it feels good and you can move in it. And that was, I sort of had to think about the practical, what you would want in a coat rather than how, what's the best way to sew a coat. Mm -hmm. mm. It definitely sounds like it could be a, a whole new uh, spinoff of everything, like just, you know, uh, garments for quilters or whatever. Like I could definitely see something like that. I hope you know, so. Happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, if you want to get into quilted details on clothes, there's so many things you could do. Well, we'll start with this coat and hopefully people enjoy it because I think that's, um, I'm already thinking about different versions and how to talk about sizes and how to um, come up with uh, different sort of patchwork um, patterns to incorporate yeah. into this quilt. I'm trying to think if I would really want to brag about the fact like, yeah, it was a king size quilt. <laughs> like, no, it was a twin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Gigi, you know, I'm really excited that, that Lori 
asked, you know, for you to be a guest on the show, because I think, I think we've worked together since September and I still Mm -hmm. feel like I don't, I, I, there's so much I don't know about you and you have such an incredible, uh, creative mind. Yes. Thank you. It just, it keeps things exciting. And you you want to keep thinking of the next cool thing you can do. And this job is really, you kind of have to do that in this job. That's true. Yeah. I just wish that I, I wish that I had experienced the the staffing levels before. Oh, All, you know, I, yeah. I can only imagine. I hear the stories about what it was like back then, and and how creative it was, and how many people were looking at the patterns to make sure they were accurate, and mm-hmm. all that. And it's it's not the same. We all no. have magazines that we're responsible for, and we're just one person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's different. Um, it's definitely different. I I don't know <laughs> what <else> to say. <laughs> But yeah. it's all, it's all doable. I don't know how you do it, Tracy, with two titles <laughs> and the podcast and all this other it's stuff. Hot, but I it's get hot. help. I get. Yeah. I, I sometimes get freelance help for mm-hmm. articles and for pattern writing. So that makes a big difference um, for me. But there definitely have been lots of issues where I was responsible for every single word on mm-hmm. every page, and it's overwhelming. At it's times. a lot. And that's why I cry sometimes. Just FYI, I'm, I'm like a, at least my and boss knows I, now that yes. there's always a time where I will start to cry. <laughs> and that's why we have podcast therapy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, Gigi, it has been such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And, and, you know, we'll have to have you back again. Yes. Um, especially we want it. We want to know more about the coat. So yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Anytime. Hey guys. Yeah. Guess what? 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 We have mail. Awesome. <laughs> always, always our favorite. Yes. Yeah. And actually we've got a couple of things. And, and so I think I might read two and see if we've got time for more, but um, these are really good. So the first one is from Maria Murphy. Hopefully I said her name right. Um, but she wrote in and she said, thank you for your excellent podcasts. I appreciate both the stories of the hosting team and the interviews and stories of others in our quilting community. A comment at the end of the last podcast really struck a chord with me. It was about choosing not to do quilting for money. Oh, how I agree with this statement. I love to quilt a lot. And people have asked me to do quilts on commission or if I plan to sell my quilts. The answer is always a resounding no, all caps. (laughs) First of all, I do not want the stress of having to make something exactly as someone wants it. What if I mess it up? What if the points aren't perfect? What if my free motion quilting isn't fantastic? Second, my experience is that most people are unwilling to pay for what the quilt costs me to make in both materials and labor. A lap size quilt can easily have $75 worth of fabric, thread, and batting in it. Add the time for design, piecing, basting, and quilting, and the cost would escalate quickly. I've chosen to eliminate the stress from the equation. I make what I want to make. Then I give it away to charities that are important to me. Then the $1,400 when several people got it into a bidding war during a live auction part of a fundraiser. And for me, the benefit of giving the items away is that I can continue my hobby, habit, addiction, but not have piles of finished quilts all over my house. Thank you again for your wonderful podcast and all the work that goes into it. Sincerely, Maria Murphy. Um, nice. Yeah. So she was actually referring to one of our um, fine finishes segments that Handy Quilter sponsored. And, um, and that was our, our controversial question was about not quilting for money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think she makes so many important points here, right, that I think we all know, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, the the stress alone, like it was so stressful. And I have to admit there's some guilt too, because I, I sometimes feel guilty. Like, really, you, you want to pay that much? Or it's okay if I ask you to pay that much? And it is, I think that that, you know, that's the, 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 
recovering Catholic in me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I've actually I've made some the quilts that I've made for people uh, were like T-shirt quilts, mm-hmm. and one usually I make them for people who I love dearly and. I don't actually, you know, pay, have them pay for my time. I just have them, you know, and it's still like $400 for, you know, a king size quilt in just materials alone. Right. And that's if I've been really good about like getting, you know, fabric at a great price and all of that. But I've had a couple of other people ask me to make them quilts and when I tell them how much it would cost, it they it's like crickets. Or they're yeah. like, oh, I can't possibly. Like, well, That's I'm it. not asking you. Like, I'm not even adding on that much extra yeah. for my work. Yeah. At least and, you're brave enough to ask. I'm even like too chicken. The second I think it gets too high or it becomes something I know I wouldn't pay, then I feel really bad about asking them. I'm like, okay. But see, Ginger, it, it's so much work. I don't think that mm-hmm. they understand yeah. how much work goes into it. Yeah. You know? And it's it, it's just, it, it's sad to me because it used to be, I mean, when I started quilting, you could get a yard of fabric for $5. Right. Yeah. And so back then, if I made a quilt for someone, it was usually the same price that I would spend on a gift, mm-hmm. but I was making them something special that was from my heart that matched whatever you know decor they had or that I thought they would love. And it was a nice gift to give to people. And now it, it's, it's a really extravagant gift. Really, really extravagant. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a while back that there was a, like a meme that someone made um, that actually had the breakdown of how much things cost. And that like made the circles around social media for a while. Um, and it was specifically for quilts, which I feel like we should do another one because I don't think people understand how much, <laughs> you know, like you need, you need yards and yards of fabric to go into a quilt and it's at least $12 a yard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then batting. Adds up and, quick. Then, yeah. and hours and hours, hours of time on our expensive sewing machines. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, great we letter. Back? Great. Yeah. Letter. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Right. All right. All right, so I think I can probably quickly read two. All right, so um, hello, Tracy, Ginger, and Lori. I just listened to your latest podcast this morning with Cherie Spain. She was such a joy to listen to and a great inspiration. During the letter segment, you talked about the need for quilting bees. I, too, enjoy quilting with others. It's a different dynamic than working alone in my sewing room. I'm fortunate to have a very dear friend with a large studio. Lucky. Yeah, We get together one or two times a week to sew. Sometimes it's just the two of us, but quite often we are joined by her daughter and an occasional neighbor. We sew, we talk, we learn, and of course we eat. For several months, our sessions were about food as much as they were about sewing. I cherish the times we spend together. On a side note, I too love the quilted jacket revolution. Oh, I love that. Um, If we all follow the rules, quote unquote, we would never have the new techniques and the creativity that surrounds us. How boring that would be. Love your podcast. Looking forward to the next ones. April in Arizona. Yay, April. That was a great letter. That is. That's that's an awesome letter. I love the quilted jacket revolution. That's hilarious. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. I'm going to plant that in my files. Right. (laughs) All right. I just have to read this one. And I hope that Nancy doesn't get mad at me for reading this, but it made me laugh so hard. Okay. So this is from Nancy Hurt. She wrote in a letter the last time. She said, I just wanted to tell you about hearing my letter read on the air. I always have podcasts going all night long to cover up some snoring on the other side. (laughs) I was half asleep when I thought I heard my name mentioned. Oh my gosh. I sat up and turned on the light and turned up the volume. And there you were reading my letter. I had tears just hearing you read it. I sent the link to my niece who shared it with her mom. She said her mom broke down and cried, which she has never done since losing her husband. 
The letter mentioning my beloved brother-in-law, I think, triggered the tears. They were both so honored to have been mentioned. My niece is compiling a family history and is including your podcast and reading my letter. Sometimes the smallest things are the most wonderful. Thank you for what you do, all do each week. And now I have listened over and over from the beginning of the podcast many times. Much love and hugs your way, Nancy Hurt. <laughs> I don't think she realizes just how excited we get knowing people listen. Yes. <laughs> yes. She was had come from that family where she married into the family mm-hmm. with all the quilts and the quilt tops and became a quilter to finish the quilt tops that his grandmothers had made. And um her and she now passes on some of the projects to her niece who makes clothing out of it and some really cool stuff. Oh yeah. Right. right? So I think that that's just in incredible. And I just, Nancy, thank you so much for writing in again. We love hearing from you and we love hearing from all of our listeners. Um, It shocks me how many times I wake up on Wednesday morning and there's already a letter from someone who's listened to the podcast at (laughs) 6am. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really is. So, so thanks you guys. Well, we're just so happy you're back safe. Yes. I'm safe. Yes, I am. I am as healthy as I can be. And um, I just love you both for and Deisha, our audio producer. Love um, Deisha. For Mm -hmm. checking in on me and making sure I was okay, And um, and then filling in when I was not available, when I was uh, zonked out on Benadryl because I had to get a CAT scan. (laughs) I I still think that would have been an awesome episode. Yeah, here's Spacey Tracy. Right? Oh my gosh, I was so out of it. And as a matter of fact, I forgot to put my time into our like oh system, and and I got called out on it this morning. And I was like, "What day did I?" And she's like, "Thursday." I was like, "Oh, oh, right. that day." I was on Benadryl. Sorry, I completely forgot that I was not at work. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I am not sure who's going to be the next guest. So I can't even, it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Um, And, (laughs) but I'm sure it's going to be a great show. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. I have no doubt. (laughs) So we will all chat next time. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.